went to Arizona State. Right. I'm a sun devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Bereldis, an Arizona sports podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and Mitch Bereldis. I'm Jeremy Schnell. A lot of things happened this week in the state of uh, ASU football, ASU basketball, ASU swimming, but nothing more interesting than Pac-12 schools just deciding that they are done being in the Pac-12. That's where we're going to start today. We're going to start with Colorado deciding that they're going to go to the Big 12. This can be could be a huge domino that really is the end for the Pac-12, Mitch. Uh, is that an understatement or is that a foreshadowing statement because five shadow should, should we should we be honest? Did did we see this coming? Just like oh, I'm, I'm opening up to the three right now. Did we see this coming? It feels like this was inevitable almost. Yes. Yes. That somebody was going to jump in with USC and UCLA. They're not going to the same conference, obviously, but somebody was going to jump on the ship. No, what's it called? The uh, the life raft. They're going to jump on the life raft for this sinking yacht cruise line. <laughs> that is what the Pac-12 has become and try and find the next best thing, the refuge on the island, whatever it is. I Look, as a fan of what this conference was, as a fan of me wanting to join a school that was in this conference, this sucks. This absolutely sucks, Jesse. I, I, I don't know how much more I can say than just that it sucks. I mean, I don't necessarily think that it sucks. Like, there could be great opportunities out there in other conferences. And, like, I, you know, the Pac-12 is a sinking ship, and why not just, you know, move on to greener pastures? Uh, that That's my opinion for all of it. And uh, I saw Cam Cox on Twitter yesterday point this out, and I kind of agree and kind of already thought of it. Uh, Colorado leaving the Pac-12 kind of signals that, there's no media deal here. I, I like I, as much as they want to say that they're going to get something done. I don't think there's a media deal here. I don't know what you guys think about that. And well, it's probably sorry, Jeremy. It's probably further impacted now, knowing that instead of ten schools at minimum, there's probably only going to be nine schools. Yeah, we don't even know about plans for at school at this point. Yeah, but I think like Colorado leaving. They've seen that there's like they're not just leaving because they really want to go back to the Big Twelve. I think it's I think there's probably they no, probably they're... see the writing on the wall that this conference is toast. That if they even have a media deal coming up, that it's a bad one. Um, so I think that's probably and, and this is all speculation, but I mean I think it's pretty uh, reasonable speculation here. Um, I, again, I would just like to know what you guys think about that. <laughs> Here, I mean, I agree. This real? has nothing to do with a reunion. It's just anything to help put their program, which has been in the absolute dumpster fire, on a pedestal and in a conference very much seems to be headed in a much more positive direction than the current one, Jeremy. Yeah, here's uh, Brett McMurphy. He's college football analyst for Stadium, I believe. 
Action. Action. Action Network, I think, whatever that is. Yeah, so he was on uh, Burns and Gambo yesterday. Shout out, Mitch. Um, And here's what he had to say. This was really alarming to me. I think that this and then if any other Pac-12 schools join Colorado in the Big 12, and then plus whenever the Oregon and and, uh, Washington dominoes fall, then yeah. I hate it. I think it sucks, um, but I think that's a real possibility. And you've got some schools like in Oregon State or Washington State that are screwed, not because they're not they don't have good programs. I think Jonathan Smith is the most underrated coach in the country. I just freaking love him and their program. But just because of geography, they're gonna they're left out in the cold. They may heck they may be joining the Mountain West a wow. few years down the road. Wow, that's wow. that's how much all this. Uh, all the dominoes could impact all these schools. So the reason why that's alarming to me is, number one, ASU has been, I, I guess to say the least, behind in the NIL game. Mm-hmm. And Kenny he, Dillingham said that, like literally said that. He said they're bottom three or that's four. That's most certainly saying the least, if nothing else. Okay, so let me let me finish my point here. So they've been behind in that. What makes you think that they're going to get ahead of this and jump ship and not get stuck in the Mountain West or get stuck in whatever the Pac-12 becomes. Here's the thing. Um, I think that, and please don't get super angry at me, Sun Devil fans, but I think that Arizona, because of what they have done uh, in men's basketball over the last 30, 35 years and what they've done recently in women's basketball um, and some of the recruiting stuff they've done, um, in uh, football recently, and then they have an have a very very good softball program that you know could replace in in a way the outgoing. What's the point? Uh, Oklahoma. What's the point? Get to the point. Just let me get to the point. <laughs> you know they have that could replace the outgoing Oklahoma softball program, which will be headed to the SEC. So I think that U of A is a really attractive draw for the pack for the big 12 and why not if you're the big 12 bring in the territorial cup rivalry there so that that in my opinion is something that could be favorable to asu just just why not bring in asu um but but uh i am a bit scared about asu uh you know being a bit too sticking too much to the Big 12, um, and are sticking too much to the Pac-12, and you know being left behind in the Mountain West. I do not want them to go to the Mountain West. Sorry for rambling. I know the Territorial Cup is like the biggest or the longest-standing rivalry in college sports. I get that the longest trophy or something like that. I don't think anybody outside of this neck of the woods cares about it. I don't. I don't think that if you bring if if you're the Big Twelve and you bring in the ter- like if you bring in Arizona, you have to bring in ASU. It's not going to get you that much more ratings. That it really moves the needle for you. ASU has to be proactive in this situation. They need to beat U of A to the punch. Even they need to leave. They need to get to the Big Twelve. They will get stuck in whatever the Pac-12 becomes, or they will have to go to the Mountain West or a smaller conference because the Pac-12 will cease to exist in almost a year or two. They, they need to be proactive. They need to get ahead of this. 
I agree. I very much agree. Now, if they went to the Mountain West, they'd probably be like the top Mountain West program, which would be who cares? That's that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it would no. be cool. The media rights deal there does does not help number one recruiting, and, and and it does not help you get eyeballs on your school. And you don't like CBS that, Sports Network? Isn't that what Michael Crow wants at the end of the day? He wants people to come to this school. He wants he you know. I, I, you, this is the biggest university in North America. Mitch. I mean, isn't there a reason that we left the Mountain West all those years ago in the first place? Yeah. To join what was then the Pac-8, to then become the Pac-10, to then make it become the Pac-12? They wanted the bigger presence that they weren't getting when they were in the prior conference. What sense does for ASU to take a step backwards and, oh, sure, they get to be at the top of the Mountain West standings. But you know who cares about the top of the Mountain West standings? People who watch the Mountain West, you know who doesn't care? Literally every other football fan across the country. Basketball fan, baseball fan, softball fan. It doesn't even matter. Aside from the fact that the Mountain West doesn't even have most of those sports that ASU has excelled in year after year after year, it doesn't make sense for them to go backwards in conferences. There are Jeremy and with you, Jesse. They need to jump higher if they can. Correct. There are... I will correct your statement there, Mitch. There are a good amount of people that really care about what Hawaii's doing late on a Saturday night, and I think we know why those people <laughs> okay, look, care I'm, about I'm what Hawaii's doing. Throw out, I'm not trying to throw out the minuscule fan bases that support these other colleges. I'm trying to make a broad viewpoint. I apologize. It's a, it's a different kind of, of, kind of fan base. Yeah, it's a different kind of fan yeah, base, it's, Mitch. It's a, it's a fan base that, that loses a lot during the day and yep. likes to change during the night yeah that that fan base they got one last game to to make it up hawaii just, just, taking on san diego state at 11 p.m on with what you had to say sir <laughs> anywho again brett mcmurphy did not put asu in that category right he, he said washington state and oregon state might get stuck right that was just two examples <laughs> right but that worries me because asu is in that category right now yeah. Okay. Okay. So Cal, he mentions those two. Stanford's going to then... Stanford's going to be in the Big Ten. Yeah. I think Stanford's will be be in the Big Ten. Uh, what a Cal. Okay. So he mentions those two, and then if you divert for a second on Arizona, but then compare it back to ASU, I I wonder if Colorado can't be the only one leaving this conference in favor of the Big Twelve, right? Are they going to jump ship with a partner? Are they going to bring what has been their rivalry coming in? Are they going to try and invite Utah to come in with them to the Big 12? Is there an allure of Utah to go to the Big 12? I don't really know. But essentially what I'm trying to ask here is, what is the allure of ASU that would make the Big 12 want to look at them and say, hey, you know what? We really want you to come to our conference because we think that your blank is going to excel here because of blank. Whereas I think about, you know, Washington and Oregon, they've had really good football and basketball programs the past few years. Even baseball and softball, those programs have been really good for them. Arizona, it's obvious they have basketball. And what has the Big 12 been known for the past few years? Their basketball acumen. And I would think that if you're ASU, and you don't necessarily have the elevated level status of your top two programs. You're you're in a bit of trouble if you're trying to convince other conferences to come and save you. 
here's what ASU has, and they can just fall back on this. Uh, they can just do the sleeping giant argument again. We're a sleeping giant. We uh, can. No. <laughs> we've we've got this great location and <laughs> we're the big university in north america and yeah they could use all of those points to make their argument but it's not a strong but one but it's not Mitch. making the money it's just not I don't a strong think it's making one them any money. it's it's not a strong one <sighs> you're you're right that this is what i'm saying this is what i'm saying u of a is really attractive asu not so much and that's uh, going to be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people, but I'm just just stating the facts. So we're worried is is the biggest takeaway from this conversation, but not worried enough to not talk about ASU football. Yeah, football. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> football. Um, we have we have hey hey we have another season of Pac-12 football, Pac-12 after dark, all that. Good, fun stuff. All that jazz. Yep, all that jazz. And we're not talking about Utah. Um, we're not talking. I always like to bring up Utah. I love that program, <laughs> even though I, you know, I, I love what they Mitch, stand for. Mitch got my joke. Um, anyway, we're not talking about Chisholm either. No jazz Chisholm and no Utah jazz on this channel. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah, oh, thank man. You. We're uh, not talking Kelly Olynyk. Um, <laughs> he's still in the jazz. Last time I checked. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, ASU Media Day this week. Jesse, you were there on Monday. I just want to get your initial thoughts of your takeaways uh, on on what you saw there. The defense, I was at the defense portion of it. Uh, I think that a lot of people are really excited to have Michael Matus back. I think he himself is really excited. He's going to be a sixth-year senior on the defensive line, and he was a big part of why ASU was really good at stopping the run in 2021. Um, they were awful at stopping the run in 2022. Hopefully him being back from his torn ACL that cost him the entire season last year will help them in the run game. Um, it was crazy to hear him talk. He said he has he's had six defensive coordinators in his time at ASU, and he has been here for six seasons. So Jeez. that that was crazy to hear. Um, Jordan Clark does not watch NFL Live. Um, so that he does not watch his dad on NFL Live. He said that uh, they have those arguments over the phone, which was funny. Good, good for him. Um, <laughs> good, good for him. Yeah. So um, that that was a, that was a good. Those part. were your two biggest takeaways. No, I'm just saying that you know people people are excited. <laughs> we we send Jesse. He's a very very established journalist in this market. He does great with women's very basketball. Much. He does great covering football and, and men's basketball for for us here at State of the Sun Devils. And all he takes away is that Jordan Clark doesn't talk to his or doesn't watch his dad on TV. Well, it was funny. I I like <laughs> I find the funny things in in um these interviews. Oh. Um, there was there's a newcomer on defense, uh, one of the fr- uh, not not a freshman. Um, the the guy I believe he's coming in from Oklahoma. He has the guy. Yeah, he has like <laughs> six snakes and uh, a couple of I think snakes. a couple I think he's a couple a rep- of reptile of owner. lizards. So, uh, so let me reptile. let me look let me look him up real quick just so that I know you know I know his name. Well, uh, while you do that. Um... I do want to get in. Sorry, there's a lot of newcomers, so like, p- please bear, please bear with us I here. Hope, I hope you get to do more newcomer reports. I we'll have to see. there's going to be fifty. There's fifty <laughs> newcomers on this team, but I think there's a lot of guys that could you know help this 
this team out um, that have come in, and I, they talked about that. Hopefully uh, on the pass rush. And it's it's uh, Clayton Smith. He's the one with all of the lizards and um, snakes and all that stuff. So that was kind of crazy to talk about. But uh, he said he's working on uh, getting, a, I believe, a viper. <laughs> So that was that oh was just gosh. wild to, to hear. Um, apparently, Cam Scadabo, the running back from who transferred from Sacramento State, we're, is a, we're, we're, you, you were just at defense though. Yeah, but but they were but the defensive guys. Were, I don't, I don't want to hear about offense. Well, yet. they we're, we're ta- they were talking about how he's a <laughs> he, he's a monster in the weight room, like. Dude's 5'10", 222, but like benches 350 or squats 350, something like that. Um, Jeez. Do, do you want me to keep going, No, let me, let me ask you a question, though. I, I, Mitch, I don't know if you remember this <laughs> from last year. Um, last year, uh, ASU had one sack through the first five games of the season. Um, I just want to oh. know if you talk to any guys that, that can rush the pass. Oh, yeah. B.J. Green, I asked <laughs> I asked B.J. Green if he's got a number for how many sacks he wants this year. He said he does, but he's going to keep it to himself right now. Okay. I, hmm. I, I like that. I like people that keep their goals more internal. And and then I want to hear after the season how, you know, even if they got like seven sacks and that their goal was to get six, I want to hear it. I didn't meet my goal. Like, I... <laughs> I want to hear them say, like, I'm motivated because I didn't meet my goal, blah, 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 because I like football players that are motivated. I did my best, fam. Exactly. I put the I put the, I put the goal on the whiteboard, but then I erased the whiteboard at the end of the season. So it's okay. Tie the bow on the defense, Mitch. What do you want to see from the defense this year? Um, well, to your point about them only having – what was it? One sack through the first five weeks, you said? Yes. I'm sure there's a lot of factors that went into that. I mean, they dismissed the head coach after three games. And they had one, Herm Edwards they was had very one, much... They had one sack, and it was against NAU, I think. <laughs> right. It, it's, it was against the one team that they actually beat before Herm Edwards was released. You know what? No, it, of his it might have been against say. Oklahoma State. That was probably the best performance we saw from Emory Jones all season. I have one more thing on the defense before we move on. Uh, Deshaun Mallory, okay. transfer from Michigan State. Any you know, relation to Will? Uh, the tight end. I don't believe UM. so, no. Okay. Um, I think that he's going to help in stopping the run. He's got Big Ten experience. Good. It's all about stopping the run there. We, um, we haven't stopped the run since 2014. No, they, they did in 2021. They were very good. They were very good run defense in 2021, Jeremy. Uh, Shout out to all the Mallories. Um, um, but no, I think that I think that stopping the run is more important than uh, rushing the passer. I, I really do because if if a team can establish the run game, yeah. that will just demoralize you, and you've got to stop the run and then. And then worry about getting sacks because I think you'll actually get a lot more sacks if the quarterback is forced to throw more. There's more chances for sacks. I mean, Jesse, to the point about trying to stop the run, I think we've been harping on that ever since we found out that they were going to completely reconstruct this defensive line. And we've talked about how the standout players on this defense all seem to be secondary players. And it's not going to matter... To your point, if they can't stop the rushing attack, and if they could stop the run, then maybe they'll do really good jobs on the passing attempts by the opposing offenses because they have really good secondary players and they have really good zone coverage schemes. I imagine that is going to be worked into this defense, but 
that's where I have the most faith in the defense. Once they can stop the run, they'll force the pass. And then as a result, you have all of these great defensive backs that can really show how good of defensive backs they are. They didn't really get the chance to last year because they really struggled to stop the run. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It'd be like great pass breakup, 40-yard run <laughs> by a guy on Eastern Washington or Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. Michigan yeah. Eastern, Michigan. Who, who Eastern had, Washington. Eastern Washington. Michigan, same thing. He had 10 yards before going into that game. They just their way into the schedule that year. That, that guy who had 10 yards going into that game had 200 all-purpose or 280 on all-purpose yards. And that it was, was a so bad upset. game. Very upsetting. <laughs> the, the backup quarterback awesome. was in for Eastern Michigan. Do you remember that? Is the backup quarterback? Yeah, they kept switching in and out. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like the guy that didn't start played the majority, like more snaps than the guy that did because they could. He neither of them could throw. Didn't matter. ASU <laughs> <laughs> got gashed. So Kenny Dillingham spoke yesterday, right? Um, and you know he's been talking a lot about the quarterback competition obviously because there are three quarterbacks who are in this competition Jesse and I think there's just only one um Mitch I yeah. don't know what you think but uh in terms of what Kenny Dillingham said we've heard him say that the quarterback will reveal himself but we hadn't heard him say this we have Drew we have Trenton we have Jaden who are all going to compete for that spot uh and when a leader emerges uh we'll name a starter and I think that's the thing about quarterback is everybody should know he's the quarterback it shouldn't have to be me stating this is our quarterback you would hope right that one person is clearly the guy and uh, when that person steps up we'll name the starter uh and then no matter what we'll name the starter at least a week prior to the first game that's what I wanted to point out he said no matter what we will name the starter a week before the first game. I think what he said there, I've already seen who the quarterback is. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, I, like I said, it, it was only the spring game, but I, our, our good friend Jake Anderson, who is formerly on this show, he wrote right after the U of A game that Trenton Borgate proved himself in that game and the different starts that he had last season that he should be the leader in the clubhouse to start this coming season. Yeah, I mean, he completed 71% of his passes. ASU fans, I think, probably are in the opinion that, you know, Drew Pine, he, he was at Notre Dame. He started for Notre Dame. Uh, Jane Rashad, he's a four-star recruit. But I think that, like, that doesn't matter because if the best quarterback is former walk-on Trent Borgay, the best quarterback is former walk-on Trenton Borquet. Like, it doesn't matter where you start. It kind of matters where you finish. And he has shown in the spring game last season that he is a really solid quarterback. I have not seen that yet from Drew Pine. Uh, he wasn't great at Notre Dame. Jaden Rashada, I saw him in a spring game. And he was just on campus. So he might have turned a major corner and might be really pressuring Trent Borgay in fall camp, but that's going to be something we're going to have to watch for. At the moment, right now, I think that Trent Borgay is miles ahead of the two other guys competing for the starting quarterback job. Look, I clearly got ahead of my skis when it came to Rashada as far as just the excitement that was created around him, and I was suckered into the excitement, and Probably rightfully so, because I can't remember that the last time we had a quarterback as exciting as this, maybe Jaden Daniels, 
there was a lot of excitement around that for sure. But excitement around a quarterback who had the fallout with the one university and then comes here is a legacy kid. Maybe they just bring him up slow and maybe that'll actually be a benefit to Rashada and to ASU who realistically, we don't know how good of a football team they're going to be this year. I imagine a lot better than three wins, but maybe Rashada isn't the reason as to why they're going to excel this year. And maybe this is the year that it's just a true head-to-head matchup between Trenton Borgay, who's probably the 75% favorite, to Drew Pine, who I still think has a case, but maybe he just won't be the one in the end. It's in your hands, you know, so you know, just keep playing the cards you're dealt and, and keep getting better every day. He wants to, you know, be in this competition. He is in this competition. Kenny Dillingham said as much. All he can ask for, like he said, is an opportunity, and that's what he's getting right now. And that's good because maybe that'll keep him motivated to stay here beyond just one season and not decide to transfer out a year later if, you know, college comes around and offers a starting opportunity or more money. That's, you what, know, that's like, what everyone should worry about. Yeah, that's the only thing is, like, do they have to play him? Which I don't – I you know, again, go with who's the best quarterback – that you can worry about that stuff later. And unfortunately, as I've said, I'm really scared of this offensive line, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see multiple quarterbacks this year because of you know injuries, unfortunately. Generally speaking, the fear of him potentially leaving after a year because he sat on the bench all year shouldn't be a reason to force him into a starting spot that he may or may not be ready for. Correct. Correct. I like that opinion. We heard from Sean Aguano yesterday Yesterday as well. He talked a little bit about the running backs. He said that he feels like all four guys could really get on the field this year. They'll be good in the running game. Yeah, um, because Sean Aguano is yes, back coaching they that, have, that group. They just seem to plug and play guys, and they're good. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it from everything that we heard from the media days. I misspoke earlier. I said media day. It was days. days. It was days. Yes. Uh, Monday was defense. (laughs) Tuesday was offense. And yesterday, Wednesday, was coaches. Um, Finish it off here. Um, We got a couple really cool uh, things that happened. And I also want to touch on one other thing real quick. Um, Alika Williams' debut for the Pirates. Yep. Beautiful tag on a steal attempt. Yeah. that was awesome to see. Another Sun Devil making the majors, and another one making the majors for the Pirates. We had another one uh, earlier this year uh, that we saw. Yeah, Drew Maggie. Yep. Uh, speaking of Major League Baseball, Merrill Kelly returns uh, from injury, and he got the one win for the Diamondbacks in the Cardinals series. Um, he's, he's he's turned into a really, really good pitcher. Yeah. Um, might be one, one of the... You might put him in the all-time ASU rotation. Probably the coolest thing to happen since we last spoke was Leon Marchand. Marchand? Leon Marchand? Just just say it normally, Jeremy. Leon Marchand. Uh, You're not French. He uh, <laughs> he broke Michael Phelps' record in front of Michael Phelps. So cool. In, yeah. And Michael Phelps gave him a high five because Michael Phelps, you know, obviously has been around him, too, because he's, you know, helped out at ASU a little bit as well. Um, so they know each other a little bit. This isn't just breaking Michael Phelps's record. This is breaking his world record. Yes. This guy is insane. Watch out everyone else 
at the Olympics next year. It was a great day to be a Sun Devil for sure. Correct. I think <laughs> you know this guy's gonna go for multiple gold medals. I'm really excited for the swimming portion of the next year's Olympics. I I gotta tell you, um, Kyle Soley, first Cardinals camp. He uh, he was there yesterday. I got some video of him. Uh, should be fun to see him. What he can do, especially on special teams. Um, maybe gets in a little bit uh, on the on defense in terms of linebacker because they're a little short on middle linebackers. So, be interesting to see there because they've moved all their middle linebackers to different positions. But uh, I digress. Um, and then John Rom he broke a record over the weekend at Liverpool. Some great Sun Devil stuff, but also wanted to touch on this. We're thinking about Bronny James. He was uh, supposed to play this year for USC. I won't speculate as to whether he does this year or not. Um, it was going to be fun to cover him. I hope that we get a chance to do so, and I hope he makes a yeah. speedy recovery. Um, you just got to hope that he's okay. He's able to continue his uh, basketball career. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing him play. This year against Arizona State. Um, but, you know, things happen. Life throws you curveballs and uh, might, you know, not, he might not be able to play this season. But we've seen a lot of players return from heart issues and still play. Uh, another so, uh, basketball looking, player last year yeah. for USC went through that and he was able to come back six months later. So we can hope yeah. that for Bronny James as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway. That's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils. For Jesse Morrison and Mitch Reldis, I'm Jeremy Schnell. Talk to you next time.